1: our Dexter Retrospective Season 5. The the way last week, or the last episode, because I think they're releasing two, one, two episodes in one week because I got delayed, and if you want to know the truth, the Dexter Season 4 Retrospective was done, and for some reason the file was corrupt, so I had to re-record it all again. So it was a good time. So that's why it's a little delayed, and that's where you're getting a few in one week. But as I was saying, that episode, that was the main event. This is... Ooh, this is the turning of the storm, the turning of the tide, as Gandalf would say. But not in the positive way. It's like if Sauron took over. This is the first season where Clyde Phillips is not showrun. And obviously it's been made point of, you know, he stepped away, take care of his family. I think his wife was sick, all this stuff. So he stepped away. He was on like a consultant producing, maybe writing something type of role. But you feel a change and we're going to get in all that change coming up in just a second here. Uh, plugs out of the way, head down in the description below and you can find everything where to find us. Our podcast feeds are whether the GV feeds, whether the podcast network feeds, our video feeds, uh, the reviews and retrospectives go on YouTube. The, um, the, Newscast on Twitch, and then we got cutouts on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of stuff, so please check all that out. And then, most importantly, two things that are coming up. This what is it Saturday when you're listening this? It'll be all before. Uh, DC Fandom is happening. It's going to be a big crossover event between myself, Taylor Field, uh, Kirkland pastor and the GUA members. A whole slew of people, a whole slew of guests. It's going to be a good time. If you tuned in last year, you know what you're in for. If not definitely do it uh we have a fun time watching this all along with you but then we have great discussions great breaking down it's it's just one of my favorite times of the year it only started last year obviously but just like this uh, e3 and what's coming up next so obviously go watch 9 30 to whenever we finish dc I'm gonna be tons of coverage there podcast feed video feed join along can't wait but what's really our main of the year Extra Life, tons of stuff popping off there, 24-hour streams, fifth annual year, $2,500 we're trying to raise for BC Children's Hospital. That helps us hit our goal that gets to all these kids that need it, kids that are sick, kids that need to pay for surgery, recovery, all these sort of things. You can look in the site. It will be in the description down below. It's a legit place. It's tax, deductible. We've done it five years. You don't, doesn't matter where, whether it be Facebook or their website, you donate there. And uh, yes, please do that. Uh, if we hit our goal, their Field is shaving his head bald. And we got tons of stuff going on. We get the big, big trivia battle. Check on Twitter every day at 12 p.m. PST. There's some sort of announcement, whether whoever's hosting it, whoever's playing in it. It's myself, the Wolves. Featuring, you know, I'm I'm part of the Wolves' order, and the Wolves are kind of, you know, not below, but they're they're part of the pack, you know. You know, maybe they'll be in the order one day. But the Wolves versus the Rangers, Clay's kind of whatever team. Last year, I played trivia on a team, and I fucking won. It was three of us versus seven, and hmm, gee, you're not gonna go with the winner. So everybody on Clay's team don't want to do that. You can go down to the link below, and that'll show. That's at 6 p.m. PST, but the link down below has the entire schedule. We got that. We're doing Mario Party, like a free-for-all myself, Kirkland and Sarah. It's the new Mario Party. Uh, Kirkland uh, and... Uh, taylor are doing call of duty vanguard best of five that feud is just going on hot and heavy with call of duty and then the main event the literal main event of that because it's gonna be happening in the morning i think it's gonna be having like 7 a.m pst is gonna be myself versus kirkland Patzer for the sports title he is the longest rating sports champion but i am looking to end that run because if i do i'm the first person ever to hold all three titles at geek first at the very same time The main world championship, the team championship, and soon the sports title. It's going to be good. I don't think we even decided upon the games. Lawyers are still talking, everything like that, but uh, it's going to be a good one. And this is going to be my first title match, I think, after almost like no hours of sleep. So I don't know how that's going to go, but uh, (laughs) we'll see. So description down below has everything. And then most importantly... Uh for the podcast wise, the most important is the charity stream. Do that. And same thing right now. I'm about to say, hey, join our Patreon. But if you want to not join our Patreon this month and go to Extra Life, please do that because that's all that counts and everything like that. Even if it's a dollar, it helps just be there, share it, spread, watch the link. You know, that you know, that's the most important thing. But Patreon, you get ad-free exclusive early tiers and everything like that. Uh pick a movie for us to watch beyond retro or beyond after nine stuff like that but most people join for the ad free exclusive early stuff that's the good things and we just had a town hall explaining why patreon and listening and subscribing good reviews can all help us out so please do that i would very much appreciate it. so dexter season five man what a ride we're on right so we talked about this last episode right as far as season four comes out and it's just this big boom of the show uh <sighs> it's this big boom and you go okay what's gonna happen next because they've set the they've set the playing field right as far as Dexter's lost Rita he's had this big you know obviously just loss as far as a family member but also just like the, he's never won the limelight on him the spotlight on him. It's on him now. He just got his wife, you know, his wife just got killed by a very top tier, the manhunt one that everyone's after right now, Trini the serial killer, right? So this is like worst case scenario for everything that's happening, Right. So it's set up to be a good season, and I remember the previous obviously ratings and viewership goes up, but I remember the season, just they had that uh, In the Air Tonight cover, and it was Dexter in the bathroom with the blood cover, and man, it was fantastic. And I will say, barring one joke, that the pilot is very good and very much what I want, This season is, it's tough because there's a couple of other dingers in there, but I think this is, if it's not, I have to decide because I'm rewatching them all. If it's not the worst season, it is the second worst season. They have nothing but potential and they just squander it on, I don't know what the idea, (laughs) like they squander it on what I don't know. And I'm going to tell you because I do know, but it's just, there's just something off about the season. I... It's tough because I could say, like, yeah, I like the season. I can make a case that, yeah, Dexter at its worst sometimes back in that era was better than some, like, network shows at their best, right? Because this is when network shows were getting very dry and very paint-by-numbers and very um, formulaic and very uh, procedural. So network TV, I was like, I'm sticking away from that. So... <sighs> As I mentioned in the Season 4 retrospective, I feel this should have been a full-on Dexter getting back to Dexter, the same way Casino Royale or like even Quantum At The end of Quantum Sauce, it's like he's dealt with all his trauma and he's ready to be Bond, and then we get Skyfall. Like Quantum Sauce, there was some bumps along the way with Dexter Season 5, but even if there would have been some bumps, we'd be like, okay, we're getting us to this point. Because as I said before, my pitch was... Season 5, you do this kind of the fallout season, then season 6 is where you end it. I think you could have, especially we'll get into what Deborah would have found out, but I think you should have had a bunch of mini-stories. I don't think you needed another big bad right away. I don't think you need him finding a bunch of victims that would have been hidden right away. I don't think you need him to have a love interest right away, especially when Dexter is not a... Like, a love type of character. That's why I feel some people even pushed away season two that I give more credit, but I understand why I feel like the love triangle aspect with Rita, Lyle, and him. This is kind of going into this side of things, and it just feels way too soon. And also doesn't work, I feel, in my opinion, when you get to Hannah later on because it kind of feels wasted then, too. It's just... I like, and I will say it's not Lumen, the character in but it's Lumen and the story she brings across is what the problem is with this season. I think, even a better thing, too, is like I said in season four, you should have saved the ice truck killer reveal for season five right here. While Dexter, because he has this great moment in the pilot where this guy's just mouthing off at him and he just kills him, destroys him, everything like that. And then he comes back, he's for the funeral, stuff like that. But I think they should have kept on that. Downworld spiral. And there's a great episode, which we'll talk about in season six called Nebraska. And it is the episode where Brian and Dexter go for a little joyride. And it's instead of Harry being on a shoulder, it's Brian. And brother Brian. We'll I'll wait till we get there, top of the whole episode. But it is one of my favorites. Yes, it's fan service yes, but it's one of these things where just like it felt needed. It was that side release, like, oh, they did some with Brian again. And it made sense This because the second you introduce the ghost or, like, you know, person on the shoulder aspect, it's just like it was sitting right there. And we're all like, when are they going to do it? They're going to have to do it, right? At least I feel like the hardcore fans were always talking about, like, when are they going to bring Brian back for something? And especially at the first episode, Harry's gone. He's like, where are you, Harry? I can't find you. I think it would have been fitting if he was on this dark path, he was going down and Brian was kind of with him and then he eventually turned the corner and turned around. I don't I think again, we'll talk about it in season six. The Nebraska thing, <clears throat> oh man, you could have stretched out at least three episodes. They just do one episode and then go away and then they don't really mention it again. You know, they talk about it a little bit like, Oh, you were in Nebraska. Yeah, I didn't like that, Deborah. You were supposed to be with me. But point aside I think there's a few things that the ice killer, and that's why it would have made sense. She tells him about Brian. He has this vision of him, all this stuff. I think there's tons of stuff that you could have done just focusing on Dexter. And then I think it becomes too much about Lumen or too much about Dexter and Lumen. And they even say this in a way of like Dexter's doing this to help, you know, helps because he lost Rita's helping someone else, right? And even though multiple characters point out like, hey, that's not how that works, but still that's what his mindset is. And I've already listed all those other reasons why I don't think it works as far as it's another killer. Um, Johnny Lee Miller, I like. As Jordan Chase, I saw Johnny Lee Miller in Enough Stuff when I was younger, but surprisingly, uh, what is it? I Am Eli or Eli, that show was on ABC that got canceled. That was the first time I really seen Johnny Lee Miller, and I loved him. So when they cast him for this, I was like, oh, great. But this is when we talked about this last season. Again, this is when Johnny Lee Miller, and then next year it's Colin Hanks, and next year it's Yvonne Shorhounsky and Ray Stevens, and the next year they actually got nobody because the guy who they got for The Killer was not good. And it was, I think, supposed to be a secret. Man, fuck season eight. Like, <laughs> like, my, like we're getting these seasons now where it's like, ooh. But anyway, so season five, to me, it was taking that rinse repeat. Well, oh, we need another big bad. We need this and need this and. It just, I don't think any of it goes together. It's all just kind of thrown, and there's tons of stuff, and I will say I guess there's a few things in the pilot that I don't think is purpose, but I think that's what it should have been. I don't think that the Lumen thing was well-written, one, but also I don't think it was needed in this season. I think him already having a love interest, as I was talking about earlier, and love not being a huge thing or dating not being a huge thing for him felt off, and I get it. They do this whole thing. They're joined by the darkness, all this stuff, they do this scene where like she's kind of taking control back where she's like has his shirt tied and it seems like she's in power. So I get that. I just think this would have played much better in the next season. And I don't think you need the doomsday killer. We'll talk about that in season six. Like, I think you just need some breathing room. And for me as a viewer, it was very strange that They open up the pilot, and I think it's great, right? They finally, for the first time, have Dallurch Dexter admit that he did love Rita. We get these kind of thoughts and sentiments. We get him having flashbacks of her. And even if it was the idea or loving the person Rita, he was as close to being in love that he could ever be. And I give them credit that they made him admit that. Some people might not like that, but I think it works because he's feeling a loss, right? So to finally get this realization and really hit it home of, man, he lost... The woman he loved. He didn't even know he loved her. He could have saved her. He lost her. What a burden that must be. But you know what he does with that burden? He just buries the balls deep into Lumen. (laughs) And the second that happens, I didn't know, maybe a little vulgar, but the second that happens, they're looking at each other lovingly. They're, like, stroking each other's hair. He's buying her custom gloves and knives, and they're, like, literally, like, using Harrison's toys to plan out the kill rooms and stuff. It just... It feels like I did love Rita, but then I met – it's what it feels like. And maybe this is a way you could portray it, but this is not how they did it in my opinion. And I don't think it was right for them to do it. It feels like all of us, when we had our first girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever you had, that was the be-all, end-all. I love this person. I could never not love them. You know – Five years later, after a few relationships, you go, oh, yeah, I didn't like this. about them and like this. It's just like, oh, we were dating or there was an attraction, and that was kind of it, and that's why it worked. But at the time, you just think this is the be-all, end-all. And then you meet the next person, and it's like, wow, you know? And there is, like I said, an argument that Dexter didn't really love anybody, so you could have that. I think it's just a bit different when it's his wife. He's been with her for multiple years. They have a child together. It's not like a girlfriend. So the fact that he has a season – you know, epiphany that he loves her. He did love her the whole time. But then later on, just feels like, oh, no, I met someone that's better and someone I actually would love more than you. And, you know, even though you... It feels like Rita died, and obviously Lumen does not stay. But if Lumen stayed, his life would have been better. That's what it feels like. And that's not how... Like, to me, that almost completely no pun intended kills the stakes of what Trini took from him. Cause right away they put a bandaid on and yeah, she leaves and I'm not a monster and I'm a monster and I can't do what you do, blah, blah, blah. But it just feels again, when we should be focusing on the loss of Rita, the loss of Lumen becomes more important. And they try to like tie that back at the end when Harrison's probably like, Oh, I really miss my like, Oh yeah, I do too. But it just feels like I, an afterthought and, it, and I should have known that these people did not care about Rita or they really did not know Hannah Rita because I get it, right? Masuka's Masuka. I love the pilot episode. I think it is almost great. I love, I've said this about Endgame. That's the reason it's one of my favorite like Marvel comic movies. It's my favorite MCU movie. I love heroes, characters, are people that were falling as far as the main, you know, tippy top, good guy, good girl, main character, main protagonist, whoever it is. I love seeing them deal with some emotional, depressive shit. <laughs> and you know why? Because we talk about this all the time in so many media where, like I always say, where saw the traps that work the best are the ones that are relatable, right? You sawing off your leg, you could picture that. You Like, you know what that is. You in this trap where you got to put your hand in acid and that whips you. Like, you can't, like, I've never been burned by acid. So some people might, there's some other traps, right, that are just like so out there where it's like, I can't. I'm sure this looks painful, and it would be painful, but I can't understand the same way the guy in He has to cut his eye out to get a key. Imagine trying to cut your eye out. You'd be thinking, like, this is awful, right? We all, one form or another, have suffered from, like, depression or loss or sadness, right? We've all had that moment where you just want to give up. And I hope that luckily I never have, but I know tons of people, even personal people that have had it to the nth degree where they literally want to give up, right? And you feel like taking your own life. As always, there's help, whether it is your friends, your family, whether if, even if you're a listener to this and you said, Hey, I'm feeling really down, hit me up or Taylor or just or anybody like, the place is the earth is a better place with you in it and things can be so fucking tough especially right now but never resort to that always try and get help because there's always light on the other end i've seen it with many people i've seen it worse times i've seen people just be shattered by losing someone they love they don't know why but i've also seen people that were on the edge and now they're married and have kids and of course it doesn't just go away but we can all signify and see that in a character i've been there at some point in my life and i think season one is great or episode one is great when it's just Michael Skiel not talking that much and he's quiet and he's like very solemn and he's just to himself and he's just a vessel and he's just like walk around like he exists. There's so many times where that has happened to me, you know? And I feel like it's probably happened to you too. So it's justifiable that yes, he's a serial killer, but at the same time they've shown that okay, he has human emotions and he's had some loss here. So it's great. I love that he doesn't wake up till that guy like in the bar or whatever the restaurant bar, restaurant, gas station, whatever the fuck he is at the boat launch. I think that's what it is. I'm naming all these locations. It's like a guess who or a clue or something like that. But when he has that moment and he screams and he's like a raw animal, you buy it and it works on him because he's been so pent up and the scream is unlike Dexter. But even the pent-upness is like, this is a different type of Dexter of like shut off, right? So that's all good. There's two big ones that I don't like. But either way, so... The biggest one, and when I saw talking about with Rita and how I feel like they really didn't, the, the new showrunner and writer, I think it was Scott Buck at this point. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but Scott Buck, who also did Iron Fist and Inhumans, he's not great. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to be offensive to the, or mean to the guy. I'm sure there's maybe other things he's talented in the TV world. Showrunning is not, or at least the genres he's picked are not it. Um, I mean, this isn't his line, but then they the showrunner, to me, it's like the director, the buck stops at the or even Michael Seal as a producer whoever it's a few a bunch of people that let this line through so one of the biggest things i love is like i was referring to end game or something like even like the dark Knight after is the or you know from rise skywalker to last Jedi. these are some like kind of recent interpretations is the big a big thing happens and then it's like man the fallout that those first five minutes like okay what's gonna happen next like how do these characters react where do we go and i like graze and when character not I am anticipating so much of yes, Dexter, but also what do our other characters do? Quinn, Batista, Laguerta, Masuka, Deborah. When they find out, when Deborah pulls up to the front yard and sees Dexter covered in blood and the baby covered in blood, and Rita's inside, and it was me. Dumb line, but like I get it. They're trying to hit like I talked about. Good, they do hit a couple times in the season that it was his fault, but it's they use that for draw like drama trailers just to set that up. Like oh, he's admitting it. What's gonna happen? Um, either way. That's one of the things I always look forward to is, okay, other characters being in grief and pain and what's going to happen. And, like, look, they are saying stuff like – because you get to flesh out other characters in this moment saying, like – Dexter had to come home to this and see this. We have to do everything to support him. And right then, you go, look, Cuerna, who so many times has been a pain in the ass, been a jerk, has been flat out a bitch. You show in that moment that all her concern is on Dexter, even to the point where the FBI is starting to take over the case. The other people are like, oh, this is our case. Rita's our, you know, family can't do this. And she's like, it's done. Leave it alone. And she's doing because she also, she can't deal with it. She can't process it because she's like, oh, when Dexter was here witnessing getting our marriage, she could have been getting killed. Not all. They show the timeline. That's way off. But whatever. To me, it fleshes these characters out. It has that. It gives a moment for Quinn to, who even in that moment is, like, question about Dexter. It is like he's there for Deborah, and he's more just there, I think, for Reed, in a sense, finding like what actually fucking <laughs> happened to her. Batista's there for someone that he thinks is his best friend or a friend. You know, it's just all these moments. And then you have Masuka, and people probably know if you're a hardcore fan. I'm going in this, and if you don't, you probably. I've forgotten it, but there's little stuff like this throughout the rest of these seasons that you go, eh, this, this doesn't feel right. This feels like if a fan wrote the show and they didn't proofread or someone didn't get through it. Um, So I'm going to reveal that after this first ad break.
0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
3: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do.
1: <clears throat> um, they get to Dexter's house. Dexter is getting cleaned up with Harrison and Deborah. They are surveying the scene. The like I said, the Gwerda, Quinn, all this stuff. There's a scene where Quinn and Masuka are in the bathroom where Julie Benz is laying there, still the She gets credit because she comes back for the re um the flashbacks and everything. There's a scene where in the bathroom they're talking about everything that's gone down, right? Blah, blah, blah. And Masuka has this line. And this is where it just, and it's so funny because it's very much like Grey's Anatomy. And I think that was season five in Grey's Anatomy as well that it happened. And it's just weird that it's, it's very similar. I'll explain it both. But Masuka says, I've pictured her naked many times but never like this. And I know you can say, "Oh, it's Vince Masuka." Here's the for me, there was a clear line of again when I say how they did good things about Laguardia and flushing her out. This did an opposite thing from Masuka. It made me dislike the character because I go, "This is a guy who's supposed to be one of your friends. You thought he should ask you to be his best man at the wedding. You're at his bachelor party. You worked with him side by side. You would make that joke in this moment." And for my evidence of what I picture, not and this isn't to me even as far as like, "Oh, he hashtag not my Masuka." To me. This pushes forward as far as... Or this pushes against of what the show is set up for, the character that we know and love with Masuka. All the way to... Oh, good neck crack, you know? That's happened twice in these deck direct perspectives. Something about them, just the neck goes. Or I'm just getting fucking old. Uh, um, Batista gets stabbed by Brian. And Debra goes to make a joke. And Masuka goes like, Hey, like that's my friend you're talking about there. And then he walks away and Deb feels bad. They set up in serious situations. Masuka will shut the fuck up and be like, hey, this is serious. Like, my friends could die. Like, I'm not cool with this. This is (laughs) this is not my friend could die. My friend's wife has been fucking mutilated in this bathtub. I'm going to make a naked joke right now at the time i did not like the joke once we got the full season i went back and now we've gotten these other seasons. i go okay right then i should know but in the moment you just go bad joke but i don't know how anyone does not sit around the room and go just a little too far because it almost like not robs at the stakes but just like why why in this moment and like i said that kind of went forward to how they really cared about rita and to me what they did with lumen right and yeah and to get to lumen now right and let's talk about this whole because dexter and michael c hall in the season are he's on the rebound and honestly i like the first episodes where he's just trying to get back to normal he needs achilles feeling desperate after that it's just let's take care of lumen for the whole season and there's not much great character work there unfortunately because he's just like falling in love with lumen and you just don't buy it and you don't want to buy it right now you don't want it it just doesn't work right now it feels like i'm Pretty sure when he's like getting all illuminated, he still has like his wedding ring on from his wife that died like what, a couple weeks ago. It's like, ugh, like, why are we doing anything? <laughs> it's like, why, like, whose idea? Why do we think now was the time? You know, it just does none of these things go together. But, anyway so get the boyd flower, right? Boy, boyd boyd flower. Sorry, not flower. Uh, Dexter's looking for a kill, he notices some blood. Okay, he's gonna take out this guy. He kidnaps girls, those become the barrel girls. We got all of that later. He finds Lumen when he kills uh Boyd, and because Lumen saw him do it, he has this whole conundrum of what is he gonna do with Lumen, and that's some good stuff. Him back and forth with Harry, and then we get into the she he and her talk and realize that yes, there's barrel girls, Boyd, and a bunch of his friends who will be Jordan Chase and all these other characters we meet along the way. They take these girls, they sexually assault them, and then they murder them once they're done with them. Right? Very vicious, terrible stuff. Again, we get to a point where in Miami there's some barrels, and there's like twenty barrels. Where I go, ah, don't know if we needed this. Right, and after Trinity to go, oh, there's some other killer. You know, it's like okay. So the whole idea is. Lumen will not leave Miami, so she's just gonna help Dexter out. Well, at first she finds that one guy. I can't. I don't know if it's, I think his name is Stan. He's the guy that, like puts his hands in the girl's mouth, and then his fingers taste like pennies and stuff like that. And it's it's terrible stuff. Like like what the the crimes is terrible stuff. And it was good too, as far as like the IMDb boards and the fans were always talking about like would Dexter go after like sexual assault, you know uh criminals. And he did that a bit with the pedophile in season 3, but he didn't really touch it past that, but it was this like conversation of like I feel like that's justified. I agree completely that it justifies beyond Dexter's table. So that was there to kind of bring in that element, but they also kill the girls, right? So you kind of got that cheat right there. And the idea is like I said there's that terrible scene where, you know, Lumen has that guy and she shot him and I I get it, but he, like, while Dexter and Lumen are just, like, in the other room, at one point he gets a phone, he's like, they found it, the girl, she's dead, and, like, he just reveals everything, even though the whole time he's been like, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy, very just, like, eye roll, like, (laughs) like, just easily, like, a, a big leap you have to take to do these, or to make it so you don't have a big leap, like, oh, yeah, he just phoned the guys and said that he was guilty, so now we know he's guilty, no evidence, okay, and he says, die, die, and he breaks his neck, uh, there you go, Dexter. Breaking next. Cash and checks. Um, after that, they just agree, hey, you're going to help me track them down, which eventually turns into, hey, you're going to help me kill them, to, hey, we're partners, to, hey, we're lovers, to all this stuff. And they're literally, like, doing all these things and breaking in together. And they like, I talk about the knives and stuff like that. I guess I should h- stop harping on the love stuff. No, that just works for me. I think... L- I think Julia Stiles can be a good actress. Ten things I hate about you, phenomenal rom-com movie. You know, you could argue one of the best ones out there. I think she has a very specific style or acting type. I don't think this Lumen character was it. I think this was her and her team trying to get her some maybe more acting dramatic roles. Maybe she won, like just won that personally. I don't know, but it just, something doesn't click I think she does good enough I don't think she's bad but I don't think she stands out as being particularly strong we have someone that someone like uh Yvonne Sharowski when they come in as Hannah McKay man does she make an impression even Ray Stevenson when he comes in is like man that's one of my favorite actually like low-key villains as you can see I'm watching seven um but I think that like the whole season something just doesn't match with Julie Styles with the character and even with the chemistry with Michael C. Hall. Julie Benz has better chemistry. I would say Yvonne definitely has. it. Just It's just not there. And I don't mind the concept, like I said, taking the love stuff up. I hate all that stuff, so let's just move past and there you go. Hate it. No, no much more I can say. I didn't mind the concept of multiple like a bad guy squaw that he has to take out because it gives him a whole season for him to do things. I like the laying of like the Jordan Chase character as far as he was this pathetic guy and they were just abusing girls. So it set up like, okay, these are all pieces of shit. It makes sense. These are unfortunate real world things that happen. So that all worked. It gets a little weird once he has like this vial of the blood of the first girl. It gets a little gimmicky and stuff like that. But I like Jordan Chase the characters. He's a more motivational speaker and they kind of set up as like he would talk up the guys to do these bad things. So he kind of find that, like he has a gift of gab. So I don't mind it in concept. We get some interesting adventures along the way. I love when they go to the conference and um, Dexter gets brought up on stage and Jordan Chase and him have that moment and they're talking and about Rita. The the like the bromance or whatever like they have that thing on stage and then Jordan's like we should keep having meetings and stuff like that but it's not even meetings Jordan like really befriends him and becomes like his personal therapist they do say like oh because of your tragedy he takes interest into you but it feels way too convenient like Jordan just completely like gives him access to like his private room his gym like not alone but still it just feels almost like they were trying to do like a semi Miguel thing but rushed that part doesn't work at all, I think they could have reworked that or done better with it. But, you know, there's some good mini-boss. You got his, like, hotel his hotel guard. Just his bodyguard who, you know, he was traveling with the barrel girls, crashed, and then that caused this whole thing for people to get caught. Boyd I really liked. He was a fun character for Dexter to face off because every time Dexter thought he had, like, The upper hand on him, Boyd, who also has, like, some dark bastard senses would always be calling him out on stuff on the lies. That was really good. I love their trank-off when they both, like, trank each other and the hospital picked them up. And they're like, yeah, it's just an accident and stuff. And they're like, who's going to kill each other first? That's really fun. Um some good like moments when like uh with the bodyguard when Dexter thinks like someone's being assaulted in the hotel room and he goes in there and they're just banging it out and he's okay well not tonight but then i do like okay they said that Loomis having this PTSD she's very i think that's when they do good with her is that she is off the handle. Like, she almost kills that guy at, like, the... There's, like, that shelter where it's just criminals and whatnot, and she thinks he was one of the assaulters. He wasn't at all. Dexter gets complete proof, but I love that at the beginning, especially. She's very kind of trigger-happy and just wants payback to people. So I do like that. Um, who else we got in there? We got the guy... I can't remember. I should have wrote them down, but like I said, the bigger guy. That gets us a comedian scene. Now, that scene I don't believe at all, where, okay, you have... Lumen says, I got one of the guys, and then Dexter was also in a kill. It provided a great comedy scene where that kill breaks out of his trunk, and he's covered in plastic, and he's running, but then it's just so, like, weird comedic, and to me, just doesn't fit where he runs and gets the guy, and it's literally, like, inches away from Deb and at the scene looking around for people, and it's like, you don't hear anything, like, you don't sense anything, like, you guys are awful cops, awful de- detectives, but... Alas, it sets up a funny scene of Masuka. Like, talk about uh, the bigger guy in the plaster app guy. Of like, why it was, like, some sexual adventure that got them killed and stuff like that. Masuka has this great slow-motion jerk-off moment. So, uh, that's all good. You have, like I said, the ginger guy who they kill. Um, who else is there? There is Emily, who's, like, like I said, the first victim. Which is, I don't know. She's just, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Kind of similar to Trinity sort of stuff. So... Like, it works. It's fine. It feels very much like in horror movies when you get, like, those, like, like not with it being season five, but season five, season six, where it's just, like, okay, like, we're running out of ideas, and this is what it kind of feels like, or this has some ideas, but we don't know really how to execute them. Um, I guess to close the door on Lumen, there's some fun stuff. Like, I like when she meets Harrison. Actually, it's, like, a nice moment because she's just, like, locked up and alone, and he's just trying to feel normal again, too. It is funny that he just has this thing for blondes. I like there's some good humor between Deb and Aster fighting about the tenant and everything like that. That all plays well. I'm like, oh, you didn't mention you had a sister. You didn't mention you had a tenant, And that's all good. I like all that humor, the situation humor. I like the episode where Aster does come back into town because Lumen's there to kind of talk about trauma and whatnot. And they figure out that her friend's stepfather is like an abusive asshole. And there's a great scene where Dexter beats the shit out of him in the parking lot. Really like that. And I like the bonding code Dexter and Cody have or Dexter and Astro story. I think what it brings up one problem was because I guess like I understand to a point, right, where you go. What can we do with Dexter with these three kids? It's going to be mighty hard to write the show now with the man and these three kids. How does he get around doing his killing and what he wants to do? To me, that was the pitch as far as, well, how is he going to pull this off? How is he going to pull it off? He's not. He's just going to (laughs) send the kids away all the time. They're going to go live with Paul's parents. Paul's parents, who we met once when Rita died. There's a great scene in episode 1 where they bring them back from Disneyland. And you know, Aster and like actually, I actually think it's a grandma like you could we were at Disney World. You could have told us. They get mad at Dexter for not saying anything about Rita. To me, Dexter made the right call. Those kids are at Disneyland, what are you going to say? Your mom was murdered, to come back home? No, let them like when he says I want them to have one more good day. That's was the right call so fuck those people forget mad dexter all of them but it's great like i don't know if it was official disney ears but i don't know how they got clearance for him to talk about rita being killed with the mickey mouse ears on such a good touch but right away and i get it you see this kind of asher kind of picks up that dexter feels a little distant and right away there's a riff right of like you should have been there for mom why didn't you protect her? all stuff that a kid would say probably in this moment right so at the time it makes sense that okay they're gonna go there for a little bit getting on their feet with paul With Paul's parents okay great the fact that they never ever come back is so questionable and very lackluster in the sense of to me that was the thing like okay how's he gonna juggle his life and like I said he's not and to me it is I get why it would be a burden to have these three kids but I thought okay they're just gonna have to get very creative with the writing to find a way and they don't. They just don't want to dress. It. It's like, no, we don't need that. They're with Rita. So they also kind of kill off the kids, too. Like, they don't actually kill them off. But it's just like it feels like that. They're just gone. And it just feels too easy. And it just feels like, again, almost like how Rita got replaced by Lumen. The kids kind of got replaced by Harrison. And it's it's not a great trade off. I'm not saying Harrison can't be there, too. But I think that would have added a bit more merit. Plus, at the end of the day... It didn't even matter because between this English nanny who everybody on the IMDb board saw it was Lila's mom trying to get revenge between her and they do one episode, which is great, where he stays overnight accidentally after I think it was when he got to, or with Lumini founder. He never called the and She got pissed. So that was good. And he has to win her back. But between her and then Jamie in the next few seasons, he finds maids that as long as they're told, hey, I'm going to be gone for three days, they will live with this child. They'll become this child's mother. Anytime Dexter needs anything, these nannies are ready to drop everything at the dime, or at the drop of the hat, any at a dime's whatever the expression is on a dime, on, at a dime. Um, they'll drop everything you're doing to watch Dexter. He must be paying some good fucking money. That's the only thing I could think, but. That's where it's just like you could have just had Astra and Cody also with them, too. You know, you could also have where Aster gets older and she can look after Harrison. But no, they just chose not to have him in the show for almost the rest of the shows now because I know they pop up. I don't know if they pop up in season six. I can't even remember. I just watched that season. I know they pop up in season seven for a little bit, but it all feels just very unwell thought of. You know, it's just all, all these problems. What's going to happen? Ah, they're not going to happen. Don't worry about it. So, OK, cool. Um, I guess I should touch upon Jordan Chase a little. I like, I, I, I guess I did more just John Lee Miller. The rest of the bad guys, they're just fine. Kind of average generic people. Um, John Lee Miller, I really like, I think he did a good enough job. I don't think Jordan Chase is the most well written character in deep. I think they try and go there when they bring up the camp and stuff like that. I think it's Jam Camp Jordan or Camp Chase. It's something after his name. This whole like wanting to control people, I think they get into it enough. He kind of feels like we were just talked about this, recently. Me and Kirkland, no time to die is like a Bond villain. It's like okay, he's a classic Bond villain. He's not like that well written, but you kind of get you know you understand his motives and he's there to move the plot forward. That's what Johnny Miller's there for. So it's like as long as you get a good actor that enjoying the performance, that's good. I don't think they give him any scenes that are like really crazily good, like a Trinity or like a Miguel or stuff like that. Like the closest you get is maybe at the end when he's like interrogating Lumen, but not not really so another thing so let's talk about Quinn here's another thing that bugged me during the uh, another pilot part or premiere episode was man so they have people that would do this but Deb decides to take it upon her house that she's going to clean up Rita's dead body and dead bloody mess right again they have people to do this I think Quinn might say that but it's just like yeah that you wouldn't have to do this at all But she decides she's gonna wash this place clean of Rita's blood, so you know Dexter can come home. Fair enough, and it's an interesting scene, right? Because Quinn's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because he is Deborah's partner. He cares about Deborah. Also, they're starting to like get romantic feelings, but at the same time, he thinks her brother's fucking shady, and he's right. It's one of those like where we talked about Rita last episode. We or last season, we might be mad at Rita for getting in the way, but it's like Quinn's not wrong. Quinn is also shady, but Dexter's doing some just as if not more shady stuff. So. There's a great dynamic there. And I don't mind the dynamic of them becoming a couple because it actually sets up some good drama this season. Like, when he keeps looking into Dexter and he's like, knock it off, like, leave him low. And she finds out again that he's looking at it and suspends him and then doesn't say anything, says he has vacation time. And when Dev gets in a fight with her and is calling LaGuardia out, like, blah, 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 you know, you're lying, all this stuff. And she's like, why don't you go ask Quinn why he's really been off for three weeks, you know, and stuff like that. And then she starts telling about the looking into your brother and stuff like that. It's great kind of soap opera drama relationship, right? But still, it works out, I think, for a few things. What doesn't work for me is Deb cleans the blood, Quinn helps her out, and what do they do? They... Bang on the floor of the kitchen of the house that Rita died in after they just cleaned up her blood. Now I understand, and we all get that, right? I, I think we all deal with grief in different ways, and if banging one else the way you're gonna go, I can 100 percent get there. I've been there, brothers and sisters, 100. I I just don't know if my like if I had a sister in law. And she had died. And I just spent the whole day wiping up her blood. And probably smell like her blood. If I wanted to be getting it on with somebody, no matter what they look like, no matter how hot they're no matter how attractive you are them. Like you want to be doing stuff while well, you could smell like Rita's blood. It was misguided and gross. And it was not needed. They could have just had it at a different place. They could have had them hook up the next. Just you could have had. You could have a moment where they're outside of the house, consoling each other, and maybe there's a quick kiss, and they're like, okay, I got to go. You get that same effect, but no, we need this sex scene with some nudie in there. It's just like, ugh. And, that, and later on in this moment, too, they have like Quinn walk up just showing his butt for like humor, and it's just, yeah, again, strange. I like Quinn and Deborah. I like the dynamic. I think they break them up later on in the show as like a mistake, and Quinn, the character, suffers for it deborah kind of suffers for it too when she's attracted to her brother but alas i like them as a couple it makes sense i think carpenter and harrington have good chemistry like i said i liked the dynamic of the back and forth of he's starting to like to love deborah to he has some really bad suspicions about dexter he even thinks he could have killed rita that's when we get stan liddy aka quinn's dad not really quinn's dad but looks like quinn's dad and we're going to talk about stan
2: liddy after this ad break
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Allianz Travel Insurance. If you're the type of traveler who leaves everything to the last minute, then annual travel insurance was made for you. Buy your plan today, and you're covered for every trip you take in the next 365 days. Enjoy peace of mind knowing you're protected whether you're heading out for a weekend getaway or an international vacation. Get the travel protection trusted by more than 70 million American travelers. Get a quote at
1: AllianzTravelInsurance.com. And we're back. So Stan Liddy, oh, played by Mr. Robocop himself, played by one of the very most underrated Batman voice in Dark Knight Returns, Peter Weller. He's fantastic in that. Like I know it's just a voice, but still great Hollywood legend right so when he was casting he was like oh this is interesting what's and they were really like cagey about his role but he is like a cop that's doing some like illegal dealings or something like that so he gets his badge and everything taken away but he's a resourceful guy still some hookups with the police and stuff like that so he's kind of doing some PI work Quinn hires him to look into Dexter because he feels like he's either gone too far or he can't look anymore as far as Deborah might find out Liddy starts to find some stuff Liddy sets up a bunch of stuff, like, nanny cams, all these things. I love there's this great moment where there's a nanny cam in the house, and then he just has them, like, stabbing, and that's, like, his, like, oh, shit, I got them. Like, here we go. I really like the Liddy character. I think this is a full-on 100% of Peter Weller elevates that character. I think the Liddy character is written good enough, but it's one of these things, if you don't have a guy as with his personality in there, don't know if it works. I legitimately do think, especially in the later seasons, Desmond Harrington starts to look like Peter <laughs> Weller. So it was like, not good cast because they're not father and son, but if they were, someone do that. But they had, like, I would say this with Desmond Harrington. I think he played off Weller really well because, <laughs> say that three times fast. It felt like they did know each other for a while. It felt like they had done some shady stuff, felt like they'd cover for one another. So, I like that dynamic. I liked the dynamic of someone being after Dexter that Dexter didn't really know about. They slowly start to figure out, like, there's a great one where the signal gets disrupted and he figures out there is a nanny cam watching them, so they put on a fake show for Liddy. Enough time to get it back. Liddy dies a terrible death in his truck. Uh, just stabbed Death. Now, again, he had Dexter all wrapped up and taser stuff like that. He was not in the wrong for getting Dexter's doing some criminal things, but, uh... Dexter gets out of there, drop kicks him in the face, gets the better of him, kills him. There's a great kind of a la Breaking Bad scene with uh, uh, Marie and Hank where Quinn is just outside the van and he's docking. And what happens is eventually he realizes that he cares for Deb. And if she finds out more about this Dexter stuff that he's looking into, it's going to be over. So he tells Letty to back off. But once Lady sees all this stuff, he's like, I can't back off. They're dropping stuff in the ocean. They're stabbing things in midair. I'm not leaving the situation at all. So he calls Quinn and says, like, I need you to do this bus for me. He doesn't tell him that Dexter's in the trunk or anything like that. Quinn goes to the van. Liddy's dying in the van. His blood comes down, trickles, falls on Quinn's boot. I like the intensity of that. It was really big. Dexter gets the laptop, just flugs it into the lake. So that's all gone. Proof's gone. So they they try to, like, portray it as Dexter's doing a favor for Quinn. So, like, he is – but I feel like there's, like, this understanding between Dexter and Quinn that Dexter has killed Liddy, right? And for whatever Liddy may be, he's still, like, an innocent guy. And Quinn hired him. So he gets blood on his boot. Oh, excuse me. It's later. But he gets his blood on his but- boot. And he is, like, sees it. And he needs a lawyer. Like, it looks like Dead Rights Quinn has done this, right? Because of Quinn and Deborah, he apologizes once Deborah finds out. He's like, "Oh, she has this line of, when, while you're fucking me, you're spreading shit around my brother. And that kind of sums up, like, everything that goes around. And it's like, yeah, that's not the most ideal thing you want to be doing in a relationship, you know. Uh, siblings are usually important to people. But anyway, so they eventually are finally starting to, like, reconnect and thinks, like, Deborah's happy with it. So De- Dex are like, like. Smudges the blood results to make it seem like it was not Liddy's blood, and Quinn also didn't kill him, but for sure didn't kill him, right? And later on the party, he gets invited to Harrison's party, which is so funny because the whole time they like hate each other. So many times they're like, What do you do in my house? Like, and he'll be like, What are you hiding, Dexter? It's just like they're literally like saying this in front of people. It's like I'd be like, This is fucking awkward and weird. But either way, so all this happens, right? he at the party's like thanks like i owe you one and he's just like you don't owe me one just like do good by deborah but it's just like so quinn is fine fa- like i know he is a dirty cop but quinn quinn is completely fine with knowing dexter probably murdered him and the only reason quinn's walking around is because he smudged about the results so fine he he did that for you but he smudged the results from his murder and he never questions like liddy's murder ever again he like I feel like you could have made that the tipping point for him to get out of that situation even more so motivated, but no, he's just like, well, sucks to be Liddy, you know, and and it's weird, and it's just like, no, they just want Deborah and Quinn to be a relationship, so we're going to drop it all, and they'll be kind of happy enough, you know, and they drop all the drama, the fighting, everything like that, so I I like it for the most part until the ending feels very rushed, you know, I think you needed a little bit more, a little bit more of a conversation there. But, because Quinn doesn't actually see anything, but I still feel like he'd be a little suspicious, but still, nope, doesn't happen, and Quinn and Deborah are off doing their stuff, and we'll talk about them in season uh, season six. Um, then you get Batista Guerra Now, this is where I would say that season four, we talked about it, everyone despised, I don't know, extremely disliked that pairing. I said I was fine with it, but I didn't love it, and there were times I didn't like it. So, I was with most people like, yeah, if it's the week's part of the show, definitely. This is when they're very stretching because the whole idea is Matthews is going to, you know, uh, make it really tough for Batista because her and Batista got, or, uh, him and Batista, <laughs> Laguarda and Batista got married and they were going to ship off Batista to another precinct, but no, cause they got married. They can't do that legally stuff like that. So it's just like, they're going to make their lives living hell. Right. They have this storyline, which I guess it fits. Batista's a hothead, but he the Goyer and him are arguing all the time about the Trinity thing, like they're not on the same pathway. And he has this thing where he gets in a fight with some of the club because someone says, like... Maria gives the best blowjobs in Miami, and it just feels like it's schoolyard stuff where, again, he has been drinking, and he can't be hot head. but I guess for me, it just needed a little bit more backbone, where it's just like, this feels like a 10-year-old saying this about your mom, or 10th grade, you know, trying to get her skin. They get in a fight, he goes in the hospital because of, like, a different situation, I think, like, it's something to do with, like, he maybe gets a concussion, but it was, like, a pre-existing thing, so... He could sue Batista. Batista goes to talk to him. He doesn't, but he's still under like internal investigations, all this stuff. They have this like, like, nerdy type of guy who's always after Batista, like talking about oh, there's going to be trouble and stuff like that. They start to do the storyline where they insinuate LaGuardia is sleeping with him to get Batista out of trouble. And she's not sleeping with him. She's just like going on a sting so she can help someone get someone undercover to help Batista. I get the whole pride thing, but at the same point, if Batista, many times in the show, makes it clear. At least I feel like to us, the viewers, and I think what picks up on that, he thinks we is doing something shady. Maybe before he busts up or he busts in on a, like an undercover operation, maybe tell him so he doesn't think you're just like sleeping with this dude. All the problems really come down. Like if you just sat down in room and talk to each other, you'd fix it up, fix it all up. Now, again, you could say, hey, that happens in real life couples. Sure. It's just not well written in the show, you know, so it just comes off as annoying, unfortunately. So. That's disappointing. Uh, let's see. What else is there to talk about here? We talked about the nanny a little bit. She's good. I, I like her enough. Uh, I like that Dexter like, really feels like she needs her and feels like something good for Harrison. I like this stuff with Harrison that they kind of established that, hey, what happened to him? He was too young to process it and stuff like that. So some good moments there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We talked about Debra. Deborah. It, uh, Deborah again, I wouldn't say she's lost in the season. The first few episodes, she's just taking care of Dexter. She is much more kind of just, like, motivated again. I, this is where I do think when they did the whole she finds the camp and she finds the two, because she has this theory about the lovers are the ones that are killing all the people Jordan chase and whatnot, and she finds them. She's in the same room as Dexter as so he drops the knife and everything like that, and she lets them go because she just feels bad for she had to watch all those tapes, right? I think they should have just really bypassed that all and had her find out there because she does find out in season seven. And how do we get there? Cause she's going to a church to tell Dexter that she's in love with them, but we'll get that to the next episode. I think that they should just bypass us all and went, Hey, let's have her find out right here. And we got season seven locked up. But again, I think it's cause like it was doing so good ratings wise and viewership wise. Like, Oh, we got a lot of, you know, thing like a lot. We can milk on this show. Let's just wait. But again, I think you, easily could have done that and that would have made that season really pay off if you had just made it about Dexter but uh yeah Deb is good in this season it just feels like for some reason in this season she's the least present which is you know next season she becomes the lieutenant which we'll talk about which is big but yeah it just feels like she's just kind of reacting a lot to characters and she feels like she's on the hunt again for killers she's talking about all the time how you know it's either Quinn or how the her theory about the killers being connected and lovers and all this stuff so yeah, I think that's everything. Um, let's see here. If I can open up my notes here. I said, look where does Great in episode one. Like I said, when they go to the house, when they're at the funeral, shout to that actress. It's Lauren something. She does a great job there. Masuka's um, joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. They have a good conversation, Dexter and Deb. I can't remember what episode this is, but uh, about like people deserving to die, and it's, oh, it's it's around the time when she's starting to put two and two together as far as like there's a couple taking these people out, and they're talking about the tapes and stuff, and they have this really like it feels like. Dexter is speaking for the two and saying why these people would deserve to die and why they're doing what they're doing. But he is, in a sense, talking about himself. And it feels like one of those, like we were talking about in season four, when she's talking about how she's broken, he says, I am. It feels like he is being honest and he's sharing. And he shares to a point that he stops, but really good about the differences and who deserves to die. And kind of like Harry kind of taught him a different way. And like they have different feelings about that. And that kind of sets up Deborah letting the two, you know, vigilantes go at the end. So I really like that scene. It's kind of near the back half of the season. Uh, this is one thing of... Uh, and not much Harry, which, you know, that, that's fine. Use him when it, James Remar is great, but if you don't have anything for him, to use him. But it's one of these where it felt like... Um, It not caught you off guard, but it it stood out because he's been in the show so much. I did like that most fans complained throughout season three and four that they always use that bright lighting around Harry. And uh, in season five, it's gone. So they did something right. This is something we were talking about in season four where they set up the stakes. And a few episodes of season five, they do that. But they really try to emphasize that he has to be more careful because Trini killed Rita, right? So he has to be more careful, has to be more precise. I don't understand. You can tell me, and I guess I think they say something like, oh, we're trying to see if you can give up the other people. But they still find them pretty easily. And I think once they find all the people in the picture, I don't know why the fuck they keep Jordan Chase alive. And they keep him alive for way too long. And he does find out about Dexter and Lumen. and he finds other names. And clearly I would know about Harrison. Uh, yeah, it's one of those, again, where they just came off of him trying to be like, I really have to be careful. And I have to take out a threat when it's here. And he he they make up every excuse for him not to kill Jordan. And again, right away in a season after Trinity, you go, OK, he's following the same mistakes. I can't cheer for this character, even though, yes, he's serial killer and killing people, all this stuff. You want to cheer for him because he's doing the right thing and he's trying to become more human. So in this situation, it's like big screw up. He's never going to do it again. Oh, he's doing it again. So it's just like you just feel like it's a junkie that's making mistakes again and again over and over that you can't really rehab And they do that in multiple seasons. So that kind of sucks. There's a great scene where (laughs) when Jordan Chase took Lumen up to the camp and she's in the trunk and she's banging. And Deborah is interviewing like a fruit stand guy who just speaks Spanish. She does not speak Spanish. Some good comedic work there. Bung, bung, bung. Like they're trying to like talk it out and everything like that. So uh, let's see. I think that is everything i have i think i are talked most about it with lumen and the kills and you know i don't think there's anything like too great like i think the final kill tale is kind of good when lumen is getting like acted up and he's like look i put that inside you change i was happy that she wasn't going to turn on dexter because he was being like look at you you're a monster and i've changed you into something and his whole idea is like rebirth and stuff so that that kill room is like not too bad um but there's nothing that great in this season. It It is one of the lower ones. It's one of these, it's I how I describe this all the time with shows and things like that. I will watch X-Men Origins with Hugh Jackman, X-Men Origins Wolverine with Hugh Jackman because you know why? It's one of the six or seven times that he played Wolverine and it's never going to happen again. Luckily, with Dexter Newblood, we're getting more Dexter, and you could argue you could skip some seasons, and you know what, you really could skip some seasons. You could watch episode one, uh, pretty much, I feel like you could watch episode one of season five and skip and just go to six, but really, yeah, sure, there's like 80 episodes of Dexter, but there is only 80 episodes of Dexter, you know, and it's because Michael C. Hall's so good in the role, that's the thing that even in this writing and poor character choices and character work at times— he tries his best nostalgia and he always puts on a good performance. So I'm going to give this like a six out of 10. And that I think is being generous, but a six out of 10, um, you know, there's still some good writing. There's still some good mystery. There's still some good kind of cat and mouse games. Uh, the kill rooms usually are good. I feel like, you know, the mini bosses, especially boy, like Dexter has some really good moments with them, but Um, nothing to write home about and it's nowhere near the stratosphere of the first four seasons in my opinion. It's a massive step down and I think the show did become more mainstream because Trinity and I think they stick with that for five and six and it works because the ratings go up but for me it always felt like this is not the Dexter I know and love and it took a while to get back that way and I feel like even season seven which we'll talk about which I think is Hidden Gem it doesn't fully get back to that but it's definitely the closest it was. It's like way closer than this where this just feels like what was the team doing, you know? And, uh, yeah. And we got Season 5 because of that. And, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week with Season 6, The Doomsday Killer. Oh, boy. It is – Uh, we got that. We got Nebraska. We got Brother Sam. Some interesting things to talk about next week. So I will be back with a Dexter retrospective. We have few more than predictions that November 7th is just around the corner. We'll be reviewing it every episode weekly. So thank you very much for tuning in. I promise when you hear from us next, it'll not be boring.